This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. There's a few other guys that did not make cases for themselves tonight, and I would put Fabian Lysel in that category. I think by the end of the game, you could see his frustration in the third period. He had like the spinning shot that got blocked, and he smashed his stick on the ice. And then the next shift, Montgomery actually took him off that line um, and put Steen in his spot. And, I mean, eventually it's not like he took him out of the game, but he did switch things up. And, um, you know, you don't want him to be reacting to adversity with that kind of like frustration that was clearly showing on him in the third. Yeah, I think it's I think it's been kind of a tough camp in preseason overall for Lysel. I just think he's he's struggled to make an impact. He hasn't really had very many flashy moments offensively. Hasn't had a lot of space. He's had some tough turnovers. you know, I don't want to like give him an excuse because there really shouldn't be any, but like, I do kind of think like, I do kind of wonder, you know, we, we know that concussion delayed his off season training. I wonder if that, you know, threw things off to, to some extent, but on the other hand, like no one really has excuses. Everyone came into camp healthy. So, you know, at this point it seems pretty much a lock that Lysel is going to be starting the year in Providence. It does not seem like he's really making a serious push for an NHL roster spot at this point. Um, And maybe that's part of the frustration is he knows, you know, it's getting close to cut time. He hasn't put his best foot forward. He thinks, you know, maybe tonight's his last shot and he's frustrated that it still wasn't happening for him. Like, I don't know, but you, you just hope that he goes down to Providence with the right mindset and, works his ass off and, you know, has a good season. And maybe at some point this year he's ready and gets a call up. But for now, he doesn't look like someone who's particularly close to being ready for opening night in the NHL. So, yeah, you you would hope for better from from your top prospect, especially when you see, you know, Potter and Lori making really strong cases for themselves. Um, Yeah, you know, I'm not... I'm not out on Lysel or anything, you know, probably down on him a little in the moment, but yeah, has, has not been as the the best preseason for him. Yeah. I mean, it seems to me he's overthinking and he's lacking confidence. So that's a pretty damning combination to be going against you. And, uh, you know, I just think that it, it is disappointing because, Clearly, there's a lot on the line for him this preseason, and I think he knows that, and I think that's why you're seeing him overthink. And that's, and you know, when you're overthinking and you're not making simple plays, and you know, plays are dying on your stick instead of, you know, being created, 
and you're supposed to be an offensive player, then that lack of confidence comes in and you start just, you know, really becoming your own worst enemy. So um, I, I think it's a combination of, of those two things. And this is probably as bad as it gets, I would say for him for a preseason um, considering his, his hopes and, and, um, and his skill level. But like I said, I, I think this might be some of the, hopefully some of the least effective hockey we see out of him going forward. I think maybe go, yeah, go, go to Providence, get your feet wet this, this season and, you know, find your game again. And then that way, when you do get a chance, because, you know, I'm sure he will this season, like if somebody goes down on the wing, I'm sure he might be, you know, especially if it's like a top six type winger or somebody they need to score. Um, oftentimes you'll see like a fourth line type winger come, come up from the minors because that, that's the role they're filling. But He'll he'll get a look if if injuries play a role this year if he's if he does indeed start in Providence which all indications are that he will so I I don't know I don't know if I love his temperament or his his demeanor his he he kind of you know I don't know what the what the deal was when he got drafted and how they mentioned that there was some mm-hmm. maybe some character flaws I don't know much of the details behind those that story but I do kind of when I watch him. When I watch him in interviews, uh, you know, media scrums, he just doesn't seem. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. I, Scott, I'm, you've you've spoken with him, but he doesn't. Yeah, seem, on our podcast this summer, Scott had about a ten minute conversation yeah. with him. And maybe so, Scott, maybe at firsthand you can tell me otherwise, but he doesn't seem very personable. And but also on the ice, he just kind of seems like I don't know. It, it's I'm not Isolated. trying. To, he, 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 just, he just seems like, I don't know. Uh, it's like, I mean, I'm here. To, it's like the Marshawn Lynch. Like I'm just here. So I don't get fine type type mentality, but also on the ice, he just doesn't seem like, I don't know. I just feel like he might have some maturity to do. I think my experience off the ice, I think he's fine. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's not the most outgoing or, you know, greatest interview in the world, but he's not rude or arrogant or anything like that. Like, I think he's just, a little reserved, quiet off the ice. I think what you see on the ice is I do think he lets his emotions show. And sometimes, right, like that there's good emotions to let show on the ice. I think he lets bad ones show and, you know, body language. You mentioned like the slamming a stick. Um, even like the, like the very first shift, he went offside and like it was hard to tell if he was trying to dump the puck in before he realized it was offsides or if he just like whacked the puck after the whistle. But that was like, it was like the same sort of situation where it just like looked odd. Um, So yeah, I think, I think on the ice, just how he reacts to situations could probably use some work. Um, That does come with age and experience as well. Um, one of the things he, one of the the, main things, the the, the Bruins current captain once had issues with, with his emotions on the ice. A little bit, just a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, and one of the things that I, I really took away from Scott's interview with Fabian Lysel in the off season was that one of the things that he thought hurt him last season was fatigue. And that's, I'm more in preseason. Um, Fatigue is not a factor at this point. Um, you know, his production slowed down in Providence at the end of the season before he got the injury um, because he mentioned he was feeling burnt out. 
Um, and that's not something that you'll be seeing here in the preseason. So um, maybe he's obviously because of the concussion, not had a lot of time to train or not as much as some of the other guys, but fatigue is not a factor here. Um, I don't think that was an excuse. I think he, he was being honest and he knew that he needed to work on that. So maybe, you know, getting stronger, more conditioning and maybe just getting a little bit of advice on how to handle um, adversity in tougher situations. Sending him down to Providence is not, you know, it, it, it'll, it'll be able to help him in those ways. Um, so he'll still be playing pro hockey at a higher level, but just not quite um, for Boston, at least to start the season. And I, I also think that the good news for him is because I think there's better days ahead for him, for sure. I think he's one of those prospects and players where his skating ability is far too elite for him to never turn out into an NHL player. Like, I think on skating ability alone, he's, he's you know, he's not Connor McDavid, but he's pretty damn good. Um, and, and so he just needs to, you know, figure out how to best utilize that at the NHL level and, and keep things simple and whatnot. But, I mean, his, his skating game – is is there it's 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 really really strong it's very evident when you see him play so i mean that's huge he just needs to you know i think he needs to get confidence back in his game and 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 mm -hmm. simplicity and he'll he'll be fine but it doesn't look I, like he'll be there in october though no and you want to know what just the idea that just popped into my head i feel like maybe just having a conversation with jake debrusque who is somebody who at times kind of felt a little bit isolated and went through some of the mental stuff um, and trying to get over it. And he's come back from it and he's been good. Um, maybe someone like Jake DeBrus could relate to him some ways to cope with things like that. If that really is an issue for him, um, you know, there's, there's always guys around you that are, you know, been through what you've been through. And DeBrusque is, you know, on the older side and not, He's not old, but he's on the veteran side compared to Lysel. Maybe somebody like that could um, give him a little bit of insight. Yeah, and, you know, look, going down to Providence, is, it's not the end of the world for him. Like, he, he still, as of right now, has just one season as a pro. Having a second is not a bad thing. and doesn't, you know, doesn't make him a bust or anything. Like, it's, it's fine, and he's going to be playing with good play. He'll be on Providence's top line. You know, he'll probably have... I don't know, Georgie Merkulov is a center or, you know, he's going to be with good players. Like it's, it's not a bad situation. So as long as he has, you know, the key is have the right attitude going down. Like we're talking about, he, he looked a little frustrated tonight. Yeah. I'm sure if he goes down, he's going to be disappointed that he didn't make a, make a better push, but you know, you can't let that then carry into Providence's season. And next thing you know, you've had, you know, a slow first month. Or two months because now if you go down there and do that now the Bruins are going to look at you and say all right well you know maybe hey Jake DeBrus got injured well geez you know Lysel doesn't really look ready he hasn't been great down in Providence like you got to go down with the attitude of hey my moment could come anytime like it could come tomorrow next week like go down and you know try to set the world on fire so um, hopefully that's the attitude he takes. So just to wrap up, uh, you know, some of this talk, obviously up front, the three of us are pretty high on Patra, at least getting a nine game trial in the NHL. Um, and we just spoke on Fabian Lysel for me guys, and not to, you know, skip over anything you wanted to talk about, but we have 
obviously time for to all give some closing thoughts. But for me, the other the other big storyline to go to the back end is 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 the strong play of, of Mason Lori. And from a skill perspective, from a poise perspective, and from a size perspective, I just feel like uh I just whether it's opening night or two months into the season, I just really am enamored with the idea of the Bruins having your top two left defensemen being Lindholm and Lori. And if Grizzly, if Matt Grizzly is your third shot, is your third left shot on your D on your third D pair, that's a pretty damn good decor. I mean, I just think he's got like if if your top four was a combination of McAvoy, Lindholm, Lori, and Carlo, like that's just that size that you can't teach, it's skill that you can't teach. And for me, the odd man out in this situation is Derek Forbert. Whether, again, whether it's for opening night or a little bit down the line in the regular season, I think one of Derek Forbert or Matt Grizzlick will eventually, I believe, become expendable because of the emergence of Mason Lori. It might take a few months into the season. It might be opening night. I don't know. But he's been impressive, and I think the future is very, very bright with McAvoy, Lindholm, Lori, and Carlo as your as your uh, top four defensemen. Yeah, I mean, we haven't so we haven't had a podcast since uh, Friday night's game. So obviously, we've been focusing mostly on Monday night's game because that just happened. But Friday night, yeah, I mean, Mason Lori was probably their best player, and you know, we we had covered his first preseason game when he played not 29 minutes, but at least 25 and was good. And then I thought he was even better in that second game on Friday night and just like really poised, calm, confident, especially with the puck on his stick had started a couple of really nice breakouts, like one where he had it behind his own net skated right up the middle, kind of like shook off a four checker with like a quick little move and went right up the middle of the ice Another where he had a nice long stretch pass to David Posternock, um, and then was involved in the offensive zone, and you just saw that consistently. You know, I think, I think he still has work to do on the defensive side of his game. You still want to see him develop some more physicality. I don't think he's ever going to be, um, you know, like he's never going to be this Dano Char. He's never going to be a, a huge physical presence, but at least use his size more and better. Um, you know, that that's stuff he could potentially work on at the NHL level. Like if he, if he did win a Rasa spot, I don't, I don't think he'd look bad. Like, you know, I think that'd still be enough where you'd say, okay, we'll live with some growing pains because the Bruins are so deep on defense already. I think it's totally okay to send him down to Providence and have him work on it there. Um, you know, if you if you line up your top six as Grizzlick McAvoy, Lindholm, Carlo, Forbert, Shattenkirk, like I, I think you're in pretty good shape. And then then you can see where you're at. If Lori gets off to a strong start, someone struggles or gets injured, he can be the next guy up and and get his chance. Um, you know, because the other part of this is I'm increasingly thinking that you know Jacob, you, you mentioned Forbert being an odd man out potentially in the top six at least. I feel like Jacob Zaboral's leaning towards being an odd man out period. And part of it's not his fault. He got injured in the first preseason game and 
missed almost a full week of training camp, which is, which is tough, but you know, Ian Mitchell has played well. They can probably only keep one of those guys. Um, Mitchell provides depth on the right side. And it certainly seems like Mason Lorai is pretty damn close to being ready to be the, the first guy up on the left side, if anything happens. So yeah, I think if you start him in Providence, that's fine. And you know, the second that you, you need depth on the left side, which is going to happen at some point, there's injuries on defense every year. Um, you could see him get his chance and run with it. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, well, just because in Monday's game, I thought Ian Mitchell had a strong game and I had noticed even earlier in preseason that he had, he's kind of an offensive minded guy. He threw a lot of pucks on net from the point. Uh, he drifted in closer. I thought he had another strong game. I think he was, um, of the, of the people that are on the bubble, on defense, I, I think he's made a pretty good case for himself there. Um, Laura, I, I it's another one. It'd be exciting to see. But at this point, I just think he's a little bit too far outside the depth chart for him to start in Boston. Um, you mentioned the size. He does have good size. Uh, he And it's been really nice to see that he's been able to handle some difficult defensive situations uh, with NHL guys putting pressure on him. Um, so like getting to see him up against some of the better players, um, not just guys his own age and not just guys that are AHLers um, kind of gives you an insight into what he could be and maybe even very soon. But as of right now, the addition of Shattenkirk um, kind of complicates things for those guys that are right on the bubble there. Um, I don't know if you guys had any thoughts from Shattenkirk's game on Friday uh, as someone that we were seeing for the first time here in Boston um, as one of the veteran guys who doesn't have the kind of speed uh, that Laura could bring. Um, just thoughts on, I guess, where those guys kind of pan out in your mind. Yeah, I thought I thought Shattenkirk looked like a, veteran playing his first preseason game of the year and you know still still having some things to build like generally veterans don't come out flying the way you know young kids do in that first preseason game because they're they're just focused on different things like they're not they're not trying to make you know the great first impression they're trying to work on little things here and there um i think shanker's still pretty safe in the lineup to start. Um, but yeah, like I, I, you know, I do think it's possible that like a forward Shattenkirk third pairing winds up not being good enough. I, my guess is it's going to be fine. And I do like having someone with, you know, a little more puck moving skill next to Forbert than Connor Clifton did, because I thought last year, especially against, better opponents you saw that forward clifton pairing get pinned in their own zone quite a bit uh, especially in the playoffs against florida so i think shankirk helps in that respect um you know ian mitchell he's played 82 nhl games it's not like he's this it's not like he's a kid who has no nhl experience um i would point out his his analytics in those 82 games not good 
Now he was on a bad Chicago team. So that's certainly a factor, but you know, the defensive side of his game definitely has needs work as well. Like one thing I think that's really said this preseason is the Bruins create a lot of chances when he's on the ice because he's involved offensively. They've also given up quite a few. So, you know, you're, you're, you're taking and giving with, with Ian Mitch on the game. I think he's perfectly fine as a seventh defenseman though. And like I said, the having more depth on the right side, just looking at like the Bruins roster and depth chart seems to make a little more sense than keeping an, F, an extra left shot in Zaboral to me right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Zaboral's story is, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's left a lot to be desired. I mean, he, he's been, he was drafted eight years ago, you know, 26 years old, 76 NHL games played. Um, you know, it, a lot of injury issues there for sure and bad luck, but that's part of the story, right? Like durability and lack thereof is that's part of your story. It's a lot of bad luck, but it's just the way that it is. So, yeah, I think I think his time might be might be coming to an end. Um, you're right about Shat and Kirk. I think he uh, bridged to your question about him. I just think he's, you know, what you're getting out of him. Um, there's more composure there to his game than there is Clifton's. Obviously, uh, Clifton has. Um, intangibles that that Shattenkirk I don't think brings to this stage in his career I mean the physicality um consistent physicality I mean Clifton was one of the I think he was the Bruins maybe highest hitter last year um, mm-hmm. you know um yeah. and yeah he, he Cliffy Hockey and he had that wild card speed and rush ability but um Shattenkirk makes the right plays he makes high percentage plays back there and you don't have to be a speedster on the back end you just gotta have good gap control and good IQ and I think he has that um and then as far as like I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm in agreement with you guys. I think Lori probably starts in Providence just because there's no, you know, there's really, they're really, it, defense is a, it's a, it's a position of strength for them. So they don't have to rush him just yet. But I, I really do believe that in one way, shape, or form, um, he'll be in their top six at some point this year, whether it's through injuries or just his play forcing the Bruins to put him into their lineup at some point. Um, but yeah, they're in good shape on defense. But I definitely thought it was worth a storyline worth following. He's looked good. He, you know, he played alongside McAvoy, and I just think that's a that's a glimpse into the future for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought he looked good alongside Carlo too. So you, you've seen him, you know, both spots. He could be in the top four, um, and that'd be a really big defensive pair. Like those are two tall guys right there. Yeah. Just a, a last thought on Zaboral, like a fresh start might be the best thing for him to, you know, who knows if someone would even claim him, um, especially where he has a salary over a million dollars and not, you know, not in that league minimum range. But if someone did like, that might be the best thing for him because he doesn't want to be the seventh defenseman for another year. If he's, if he's going long stretches without playing games. And again, like this year you add in the Lori factor where it's like, even if Zaboral started the season as the seventh defenseman on the depth chart. If Grizzly, Lindholm or Forber gets hurt, like the Bruins might just call up Laura and then he plays ahead of Zaboral. So it's, you know, I just feel like at this point, like it's not, it's not the best situation for him and he might get more opportunities somewhere else. And that might be the best thing for his career at this point. Yeah, I think it, it, at least in this preseason, he has made the most of those opportunities. Um, uh, 
and even more so than in past preseasons where we were like, oh, you know, we're seeing him come back from injury and he's showing these signs. I feel like we haven't had many positive signs for him. I mean, again, in fairness, like he missed almost a full week. He's only played half a game so far. And, and wasn't he, um, non-contact? Uh, he was non-contact Friday. I wasn't there this morning. I don't know if he's back. 